Christ. Our gospel this morning is indeed from St. Luke, chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, and it can be found on page 1597 in your pew Bible. Luke records, One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and he asked him to put out a little from the shore. And then he sat down, and he taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night. We haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and to help them. And they came and they filled both boats so full that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at his knees, at Jesus' knees, and said, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John and the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. And then Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on the shore, and they left everything, and they followed him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. At first glance, there may not seem to be a whole lot of similarity between the Old Testament reading from Isaiah this morning, Isaiah 6, 1 through 13, and the gospel for today, Luke 5, verses 1 through 11. For example, Isaiah finds himself in the temple. And Peter is out on a lake. And Isaiah has angels and smoke. And Peter has a crowd of people and an ordinary sky. Isaiah sees the Lord God sitting on his throne. And Peter sees Jesus sitting in a boat. So at first glance, these two scenes don't seem to have very much in common at all. In fact, when we examine these two events a little more closely, though, we find many similarities. Both Isaiah and Peter have an encounter with the living God. And they both experience the terror of 
God's holy presence. They both receive forgiveness. And then they both receive a commission from God to take, a, take God's message to the people. And in both cases, we see that God has special ways of choosing his messengers, of sending his messengers. Isaiah saw God's glory. He saw the Lord on the throne. He saw angels flying in God's presence. He heard the voices of the angels proclaim the holiness of God. And the proclamation was so powerful that the foundations of the temple shook. There are many who would say, how awesome to see the Lord in this way. But was that Isaiah's reaction? His reaction was, woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. In short, he was absolutely terrified. Then there's Peter. Good old Peter. He, his vision of God was a little bit different. God, Jesus, said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And the command did not make sense. But Peter obeyed it anyways. And Peter answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing but, at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. And they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and they filled both boats so that they both started to sink. A little side note here. A, friend, a pastor friend of mine, Pastor John Dostal, sent a study, a paper written on this. Somebody went to the effort of taking the dimensions of the boats and what kind of weight it would take to almost swamp them. And the estimate that they come out with is about 62,000 pounds of fish. 62,000 pounds of fish. And then they went further at the time to extrapolate what the fish, if they were of good quality, would earn. And then they divided by the four fishermen. And they came out with a number that is approximately, with that catch would have given each one of the four 24 to 36 years salary at the unskilled rate, salary rate of that time. 24 to 36 years. That's a miracle. That's something you don't see every day. However, these boats almost swamped and these nets almost breaking. It's not angels making the temple foundation shake with, the song, with their song, but it's the glory of God. 
And so the truth is, this is God in control over his creation. God in control over those fish in that lake. Again, there are many who would say how awesome to be there when these men brought their catches to shore. But what was Peter's reaction? Do you remember? He fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Just like Isaiah, Peter was terrified. You see, there is no pain, there is no terror, nor any other experience in this world that even comes close to the horrible experience of coming into God's holy presence with our sin still intact. Adam and Eve, they ran away and hid. Moses was afraid to look at the burning bush. The children of Israel were terrified at Mount Sinai. Daniel fell on his face, and he did not have the strength to rise. The guards who came to arrest Jesus in Gethsemane and those who guarded the tomb of the risen Lord became like dead men. The presence of the holy God is terrifying to all those who are not holy, to all those who are sinful. The holiness that we need to come into God's presence is something that only he provides. No amount of work on our part can make us holy. In fact, all of our effort only makes us more sinful. And any effort that we put forward to improve our standing in God's eyes is actually an insult to Abba Father. Our holiness must originate with him. An angel brought God's forgiveness to Isaiah. We read that one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and he said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. Now the coal from the altar in the temple was a coal that was used to burn sacrifices. And this coal pointed forward to the incredible suffering that Jesus would endure for Isaiah on the cross. And like the fire in Moses' burning bush, this coal touched Isaiah's lips, but it did not burn him. Instead, it made Isaiah guiltless and holy in the eyes of the Lord. This coal was the holiness that Jesus earned with his perfect life and the forgiveness that Jesus earned with his death on the cross. And Peter received the same forgiveness. He received it directly from the mouth of the Lord. Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. 
And we know that Peter then experienced three years in the seminary of Jesus Christ, and he was witness to the life and to the death of Jesus and the perfect life and the sacrificial death that saved Peter from his own sin. He witnessed that. Peter witnessed the salvation of our God with his eyes, and he heard it with his ears. God extended his call to both Isaiah and Peter only after they had experienced the terror of their sin in the presence of the holy God, and then experienced the relief of God's blessed forgiveness. The terror of sin and the relief of forgiveness that they in turn will preach to their fellow men. They experienced it. So now that Isaiah has forgiveness, he has fellowship with God and we can hear God's voice. Isaiah said, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Now, God's forgiveness changed Isaiah. And now Isaiah wants to become God's servant and to carry God's message to the people. He writes, Then I said, Here am I. Send me. And God shared the most beautiful promise of the Savior through Isaiah. In Isaiah 7, verse 14, you've heard this. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. In Isaiah 9, 6, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Behold, my servant shall act wisely. He shall be high and lifted up, and he shall be exalted. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed, esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed by our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his stripes we are healed. And all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. God gave all these words about Jesus to Isaiah 700 years before Jesus was born. And Jesus changed Peter the same, way, the same way, the same way. Jesus was there and he helped Peter because Peter was terrified. But Jesus comforted him with a call for service. Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on I will make you a catcher of men. And Peter would one day become the leader of a church. And God would work through him to save thousands of souls. Now God saves us in the same way that he saved Isaiah and that he saved Peter. He sent his only son, Jesus, to sacrifice himself on the altar of the cross. 
And Jesus shed his blood so that we can have fellowship with God once again. Now, Jesus not only died to forgive us all our sins, but he also rose. The resurrection. That resurrection gives us the promise of eternal life with him in heaven. Now, just as Christ lives and reigns with the Father and the Holy Spirit, we too will live with them forever. And that life, it doesn't start far in the future, but it is already with us. Every time we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we hear these words. It is indeed right and salutary that we should praise your name and join their unending hymn, which is holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. And these are the words that we heard in the Old Testament lesson. These are the words that the angels sing in heaven. Together we join with all the people in heaven and we praise God. And then we join them in a meal. And in this meal we share the body and the blood of our Savior along with all our loved ones in heaven. And God sends his servants. He sends our parents, our teachers, pastors, and other friends to share the good news of salvation with us. Every faithful servant of God begins his ministry on his face, in terror, confessing his sin. Isaiah, confessing his filthy lips. Peter, confessing his sin. Moses, begging God to send somebody else. Daniel, on his face, unable to even move, and the list goes on and on. Every prophet, every apostle, every faithful pastor and teacher knows for a fact that he is unworthy to stand before God's people and hand out the gifts that God has for them. Every faithful servant of God knows that Jesus had to die on the cross and rise from the dead in order for them to climb into a pulpit to preach or stand behind a lectern to read. And I would have no business, none at all, climbing up into this pulpit if Jesus had not given his life for me and then risen up from the dead. But Christ has given his life And he has risen from the dead. Now, all those who believe in Jesus Christ are like Isaiah and Peter. We have already met God in word, in baptism, and in the Lord's Supper. And God has already shown himself to us, and he has cleansed us from sin. And we have experienced the terror of our own sin And we have experienced the relief found only in God's forgiveness. Now, like Isaiah and Peter, 
He works through us to share his story with others. God works through us so that we can say, yes, I know that I am not perfect, but Jesus is. He paid for my sin on the cross, and now I belong to him. He rose from the dead, and so will I also rise from the dead and live with him forever. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Now in this simple way, we can proclaim God's salvation to the people we meet in our lives every day. God will ask some, like Peter and Isaiah, to abandon everything and rely totally on the gospel for their living. And others, like Zebedee and the father of James and John, well, they will remain at their trade and proclaim God's salvation in their everyday lives. And in our day and age, we also have the opportunity to share God's salvation with people all around the world. And one of the ways that we do this is through our live streaming and our podcasts that are on our webpage and also through ministries that we support. God has relief from the sin, from the terror of sin, And that is through forgiveness that Jesus worked for us. And now we can share that gospel with the people in our lives as well as with the people around the world. In the name of Jesus, amen.